Amazon beat on their most recent earnings. Does this mean they're a potential opportunity? We're going to perform an AMZ stock analysis like Warren Buffett, one of the greatest investors of all time. While Buffett doesn't own Amazon, one of his investment managers does. We'll reverse engineer his decision-making process to look at the most telling numbers before we estimate not one but two fair values for Amazon. Then you're going to want to watch till the end when we give our rating. So is Amazon a potential opportunity? Right now, Amazon trades for $127.74 per share. After they beat earnings, their stock price is up 7%. This means they trade $18 below their 52-week high. They're still up more than $45 from their 52-week low. Amazon is one of the biggest companies in the world with a $1.2 trillion market cap. Right now, Amazon beats the market. Their stock price is up 39%, while the S&P 500 is just up 10%. Amazon's one of the magnificent seven, the mega cap stocks driving the market higher. In the last five years, Amazon actually underperforms the market. That's pretty incredible. They just compounded 9.6% annually. In the last decade, it's a totally different story. Amazon's one of the best performing stocks in the market. They compound at nearly 22% each year. When we go back before the global financial crisis, that's the same story. In the last 18 and a half years, Amazon has compounded at 26% annually. By far, they're one of the best performing stocks in the last couple of decades. Investors are up huge on Amazon stock. Amazon is a leading online retailer and one of the highest grossing e-commerce aggregators with $386 billion in net sales and approximately $578 billion in physical and digital online gross merchandise volume in 2021. Retail-related revenue represents approximately 80% of their total, followed by Amazon Web Services cloud computing, storage, database, and other offerings, which make up 10 to 15%, then advertising services, which make up 5%, and other. Even as it's just a small percentage of sales, AWS makes up the majority of Amazon's profits. International markets constitute 25-30% to 30 of Amazon's non-AWS sales, led by Germany, the UK, and Japan. There are two big pieces of Amazon news. First, Amazon beat on their recent earnings. Their CFO said that AWS deals are picking up again, and the company's cautiously optimistic going into the holiday season. The second is that both Google and Amazon are investing billions into Anthropic, which is an artificial intelligence startup that rivals OpenAI. Now with that understanding, let's dive deep into their numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want Amazon's average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. A normal business earns 7% returns on capital. When we look for a benchmark that's double this, we can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the business. Amazon's returns have declined over this time. They were pretty good to start even going into 2020. Since then, the company added a lot more capital to their business. They were very aggressive expanding throughout the pandemic, nearly doubling the footprint of their distribution centers and fulfillment network. This took a lot of money, which is why their returns went down. They've yet to see the big payoff from these big investments. Because of this, Amazon only earned 4% returns on capital in their last year. When we average out their returns over this time, Amazon earns 10.1% returns in a given year. While that's still better than average, that's below the benchmark we wanted. It's an X on metric number one for Amazon. Metric number two, we want growth in Amazon sales, earnings, and free cash flow. All three of these need to be up. This is all or nothing. Amazon sales are up more than two and a half times when we include today's numbers, which aren't shown on this chart. Their earnings have also doubled over this time. The company had negative free cash flows in 2021 and 2022. This was because of the big investments Amazon made. 
Free cash flow is cash from operations minus capital expenditures. In the last five years alone, Amazon spent $195 billion in CapEx. That's insane. They more than quadrupled their capital spending from 2018 until 2022. That's what brought their free cash flows down. Thankfully for shareholders, their free cash flows are on the rise. In their last 12 months, they ge- in the last 12 months, they generated over $16 billion of free cash flow. Their free cash flows are positive again today. Still, they're just down below where they were at in 2018, down by about 2%. Because of this, these have technically declined. It's an X on our second metric. Metric number three, we want earnings per share growth. This looks at Amazon from the view of an individual shareholder in the company. We learned their earnings have more than doubled in our last metric. Amazon's also not as bad as some of the other big tech companies when it comes to issuing shares to employees. Amazon usually offsets their share-based compensation. They've only diluted shareholders by about 3% in the last five years. That's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for Amazon, especially because they're still growing. Even with this slight shareholder dilution, their earnings per share are up. This is our first check of the day on metric number three. Metric number four, we want free cash flow per share growth. This would have almost been the same thing for Amazon. Amazon's free cash flows are just barely down when we include today's numbers. They were negative in both of their last two fiscal years. With a small decline in their free cash flows and some shareholder dilution, their cash flows per share are down. Amazon earned $1.65 per share in their last 12 months. That's lower than where they were at in 2018. This is an Exxon metric number four. So far through four metrics, Amazon only has one check and three Xs. In recessions, it's businesses with too much debt that can lose money or even go broke. Metric number five, we want Amazon's net debt to be below the sum of their cash flows in their last five years. We've got some explaining to do when looking at this chart for Amazon. They had negative net debt in 2018. This means they had cash left over on their balance sheet after paying off their debts. They ended last year with $99 billion in net debt. Today, they brought this down. They're at $73 billion. Even though their net debt is way up, Amazon actually has more cash today than they did in 2018. So how did their net debt rise? This went up because they added a lot more long-term debt and they expanded their capital leases. This was part of their delivery network build-out, which saw this double in just about two and a half years. Amazon likely overbuilt as they're starting to walk some of this investment back. That's why they have free cash flows that are positive today, even though they're negative in the last two years. Keep in mind again, Amazon spent $195 billion in capital expenditures in the last five years alone. That's insane. When we include that and their free cash flows, Amazon only produced $33 billion of free cash flow in their last five years. That doesn't support their current debt position. However, in the last 12 months, Amazon... However, in the last year, Amazon produced over $16 billion of free cash flow. If we expand that out into the future, that would actually support Amazon's net debt position today. It's unlikely Amazon's going to repeat this cycle and spend nearly as much in CapEx as they did during the pandemic. Because of this, usually we want to look at a company on an average here. We'll make an exception for Amazon. Their current free cash flows are able to cover their debt when we project these into the future. This is going to be a check for the business as this is closer to reality for Amazon. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Amazon's average free cash flows divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. Right now, Amazon has a $1.3 trillion market cap. They're one of the biggest companies in the world. We went through a detailed explanation of their free cash flows in their last five years. Because that was a period of huge growth CapEx spend for the business, 
we're only going to look at Amazon's years where they had positive free cash flows and try to base a valuation off of that. In those years, Amazon's produced $21.6 billion on average. When we divide that by their enterprise value, it gives us just a 1.7% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. But there's no use in Amazon investing that much in their business if it's not going to yield more free cash flows in the future. That's what they're betting on. So we can make another assumption here. Amazon upped their CapEx spend by about $40 billion on average over these years. If we'd assume that Amazon would make at least $1 for every buck that they reinvested in the business, that would increase their average free cash flows by about $40 billion, meaning these would be at $61.6 billion in an average year over this time. If we were to divide that by their enterprise value, it gives us around a 4.7% adjusted average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. That's probably a lot closer to the reality for Amazon's business going forward. Amazon could very well earn more than a dollar for each dollar in CapEx that they invested, which could improve these assumptions even farther. Still, while it is attractive to the yield of the 10-year treasury, it's below the risk premium we wanted. In actuality, Amazon earned $16 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. That gives us a pretty small yield of about 1.3%. These both come in below that risk premium, which means this is going to be an X for Amazon in metric number 6. Don't just throw Amazon out. Stay to see what their fair value per share is before you watch till the end for our rating. Everything we've covered so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Amazon. This takes us to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. We'll start with where Amazon's free cash flows were at prior to the pandemic. Then we'll use historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for Amazon. They've been highly predictable in their past. That's no guarantee for the future, but it better informs these assumptions. Amazon's grown their free cash flows like crazy in their past. If we assume that they keep this growth up and they grow their free cash flows at 20% in the next 10 years, which may not be as crazy as it sounds given all the investment they made in their business, then in the 10 years after that, we'll assume that this growth rate slows down to 14% annually for their free cash flows. We'll add in their tangible book value, which gives an estimate of their net worth. If we want a market-beating 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for, from today's valuations, an estimate of Amazon's fair value is around $84 per share. Please keep some key points in mind. Amazon's been very predictable in their past. That's no guarantee for the future. One thing we haven't accounted for is that Amazon's AWS has over a $100 billion revenue backlog that's likely boosting their value. That's likely boosting both of these free cash flow valuations as those revenues are very high margin. Keep in mind, Amazon's actually trading below where they've been at historically for their price to operating cash flow. While this doesn't directly convert to free cash flow because they still have to subtract their capex, it's pretty low to where they've been at in their past. While that's still above the historical average of the S&P 500, it does make Amazon potentially more interesting to look at. There are limitations of any free cash flow valuation as it can unfairly penalize businesses who really know how to allocate capital and are actively and aggressively reinvesting back in the business. While in retrospect, Amazon likely made a mistake with their big investment in their CapEx, there are other areas of the business where they've had some pretty great capital allocation decisions, especially looking at cloud services with AWS. Historically, one of the only ways you could have screened for Amazon was on revenue growth. They would have looked pretty bad on almost all other financial numbers. 
Keep in mind, most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It isn't a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with a financial advisor before you consider any investment decision. Warren Buffett cares about the numbers, but the qualities of a business are even more important to him. Let's learn what these are for Amazon. We're going to start with the long thesis. Number one, Amazon Prime memberships help attract and retain customers who spend more with Amazon. This reinforces a powerful network effect while bringing in recurring and high margin revenue. Number two, high margin advertising in AWS are growing faster than the corporate average, which should continue to boost profitability over the next several years. Number three, Amazon is the clear leader in e-commerce and enjoys unrivaled scale to continue to invest in growth opportunities and drive the very best customer experience. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows for the business. We're going to look at a short thesis as well. Number one, Amazon may not be as successful in penetrating new retail categories such as luxury goods due to consumer preferences and an improved e-commerce experience from larger retailers. Number two, new investments, notably in fulfillment, delivery, and AWS, should dampen free cash flow growth. Also, Amazon's penetration into some countries might be harder than in the U.S. due to worse logistics networks. Number three, regulatory concerns are rising for large technology firms, including Amazon. Further, the firm may face increasing regulatory and compliance issues as it expands internationally. Now, let's combine Amazon's qualities with their numbers as we give a rating. So far in our analysis of Amazon stock ticker AMZN, we learned that this business is on the rebound after spending a ton coming out of the pandemic. Because of their huge capex, it makes the company's numbers look worse than they might be in actuality. Amazon is a super investor favorite. 24 different super investors own Amazon. It's the fourth most owned business by all the super investors who are on Dataroma. Amazon makes up 1.75% of the overall grand super investor portfolio. If that's not enough, some huge names in the world of investing, including Daniel Loeb, David Tepper, and Seth Klarman, bought big positions in Amazon just this past quarter. There are also investors with double-digit percentages of their portfolios in Amazon, and one of the investment managers at Berkshire Hathaway has a big position in Amazon too. Amazon earns above average returns on capital. They've grown. They don't dilute shareholders by that much. While they added on a lot of debt in the last couple of years, they've started to pay this down. Investors are still waiting to see if their increased investment can lead to future profits for the business. Their big beat on their earnings just recently helps that along. Amazon is one of the few big tech companies that uses debt. Typically, they're very good at capital allocation and they understand this at a fundamental level. While they have a ton of cash, they don't have the huge cash pile that some of these other big tech companies have because those businesses aren't spending the money. Amazon is actively allocating capital in their business. When we took that more nuanced perspective on the business, and when we back out their AWS revenue backlog, Amazon may or may not look attractive compared to the 10-year treasury. That's something you'd want to dig in to learn more about. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, while this might be a little unfair for Amazon given their state in the last few years, based on those assumptions, if we want a market beating 15% rate of return like Warren Buffett, from today's valuations, an estimate of Amazon's fair value is around $84 per share. That's up $2.5 from their 52-week lows. So Amazon has traded there recently. Even today, they trade below where they've been at historically, and their growth seems to be in pretty good shape still. When we look at all of Amazon's numbers and their qualities together, Amazon looks like an interesting candidate for more research. If you enjoyed today's AMZN stock analysis, like it, subscribe to the channel for more, and watch this next video.